I'm Sean McCormick, and this is Optimal Performance. You guys are going to love this one. This one is aimed specifically at the fellas. Ladies, this will help you understand men a little bit more, but guys, this is really for you. This is with Tyson Adams. He and I have known each other for a couple of years. Uh, we are into kind of the same stuff, biohacking, transmutation, psychedelics, and this is all about No Nut November. This is why you would want to engage in semen retention. What are the benefits? How does it help you become... Uh, more powerful, more focused, more productive. And uh, since it's November 2nd, and I rushed to release this episode that I recorded actually just moments ago, this is No Nut November. Are you on board? Why would you want to stop yourself from ejaculating for a full month? What are the benefits? In this episode, we cover a whole bunch of different topics all surrounding this idea of sexual transmutation. And I think you're going to love it. If you want to learn more about what Tyson is up to, follow him on Instagram at TysonAdams underscore underscore and join his Retain Your Life Force, which is uh, No Nut November. It's a program for the guys and it's not too late to join. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Tyson Adams. Tyson Adams, uh, Retain Your Life Force, Semen Retention, No Mm -hmm. Nut November. Let's... Dive in. Welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thanks, Sean. Happy to be here. Oh my gosh. What in the heck are the benefits of retaining your semen? Yeah, absolutely. So I start with the science with men. Okay. So what is interesting as I've gone down this rabbit hole is I found this guy named Dr. Stephen Chang. Dr. Stephen Chang is like an like an OG Taoist master. Now, if he had been born today he would have been like the montauk chia right he was just like epic but because he was a little older most people don't know about him but he was also a medical doctor so he was got the sort of the 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 eastern and the western kind of combined and when i went into his work i found this uh research that he did where basically he talked about every time we ejaculate you know in our semen we have um we have proteins we have minerals we have vitamins and we have amino acids Um, And the equivalent, it's actually kind of shocking, but the equivalent of two pieces of New York steak, 10 eggs, six oranges, and two lemons. So every time we bust, that's what is draining out of our system. And so as I started to go down that rabbit hole, I was like, okay, well, where in our body do we reproduce our testosterone and where do we reproduce our actual semen? And so as I started to do that research, that led me to you know, the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland and, and basically the, the, the central part of the brain. And it releases these different chemicals, that, which ultimately um, allow for us to reproduce, you know, our seminal fluid and our semen, not our seminal fluid, because that's more in the prostate, but our, our actual semen itself. And what's interesting about the hypothalamus is it also regulates mood, it regulates temperature, it regulates um, thirst and hunger, it regulates sleep, it regulates all kinds of other functions in the body. And so most men don't realize this, but if they're busting once a day, or you know, even some men twice, two, three times a day, your brain is now working on overdrive to reproduce this because we don't have a choice. We don't have a choice in our, like we don't have a choice to breathe, we don't have a choice for our body to reproduce our semen. And so then we are now lethargic, we have brain fog, we have fatigue, we have a lack of willpower, we can't get out of fucking bed, we can't actually take care of our kids or whatever the hell it is. And then what does that do to us? Well, then we're like, okay, I need to take something to get me up. So that's why we have 
men that are addicted to, you know, all of it, Adderall, caffeine, the sugars, you know, all those other dopamine rich things. And so when we start to do semen retention, we actually find that when we, when we cut, we cut that out and we actually don't ejaculate so often, then we don't consume all of those other things that we need to get us back up so that we can actually tackle the day. And if we do this for too many fucking years, this leads to burnout and we wonder why we're burnt out. And it's really just a sexual issue. It has nothing to do with, you know, all the work and all that shit. Cause we're literally like, if you think about it, if our, if our bodies are an enclosed system and it has to reproduce our semen, it's going to pull from our brain, our organs, our blood. It's got to pull that energy somewhere, somehow in order to reproduce that semen. So that's the reason to do it, man. <laughs> that, that's a really great place to start. You know, immediately yeah. I think about John Gray. I had, uh, um, you know, the author men of men are from Mars, women are from Venus and how mm -hmm. he was doing semen, semen retention for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. He was talking about, uh, you know, he, he updated the book and was talking about how like once a week, maybe, um, mm -hmm. And right after you do ejaculate, you should like go spend some time by yourself to recover. Mm -hmm. And he talked about, um, you know, ejaculating onto his stomach and then rubbing the semen onto his stomach so that he could reabsorb those minerals. Mm -hmm. And all of that really kind of blew my mind. Um, and so what you've just said has already kind of had me shook a little bit that burnout is... <laughs> is connected to this release after release, this frequency of release, and then this autonomic process that we don't have control over, just go boosting into overdrive. I just think that that, that creates a whole new spin on mm -hmm. burnout for men. It's, I'm just, I'm like, where do we freaking go from there? So, yeah. so, Here's the here's the problem with what I have that I have and, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll sort of back up a little bit. So you and I have known each other for a couple of years. We mm -hmm. used to co-host a clubhouse meetup with our friend, uh, with our mutual friend, um, Ted. And so we've known about each other's work for a while and we've DM'd and you do a bunch of work in psychedelics and coaching and and creating, you know, creating these men's groups, which are which are super powerful. The, the, the thing that I, that I kind of sometimes have a problem with, and I don't know if it's a problem, maybe it's my own shit that I should go seek therapy for is like, it's kind of, it's kind of touchy, you know, and, and maybe I'm a prude, you know, I've, I've, mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've had sex with one person my whole life. Like I've been with my wife since we were 15. And so like sexual exploit and seeking sexual partners and that sort of like really common sort of, um, work that men go through between like chase and tail and then settling down. Like I never had that. Right. So I think my, mm -hmm. my sort of perspective around sexuality may be a little bit one dimensional and maybe a little bit, um, sort of isolated kind of in a bubble. And so when I uh -huh. think about like semen retention and retention and masturbation, it's, it's a little, it's risque and it kind of like, you know, a pearl clutching happens sort of subconsciously for me. So I want to I want to dip into the sort of spiritual stuff a little bit later in our conversation, but I want to stay in this idea around the the physiological benefits. So yeah. what are maybe if you can expand a little bit more about what else happens when we don't ejaculate for let's say the month of November? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So for, so full spermatogenesis takes 90 days. And so spermatogenesis just meaning your sperm becomes into full maturity. So if you're trying to conceive and you're out there, that's actually the right window, especially if you, you time it with the moon cycle and your partner's in that right in the groove, that's like where you can actually conceive really well. But um, my experience is, is uh, the way that I'm going to answer that is actually a little bit kind of backwards. I'm going to tell a little bit of a story to give you some context. So I used to, you know, masturbate to pornography for 20 years. That was literally my, my crutch. I got exposed when I was really young. And so as I came through that portal, um, and I can go into my story a little bit more to, to deepen that if, if it feels necessary or if it feels vibrant to kind of explain that because or explore that because that's really my specialty. I work with men in sex addiction and porn addiction and those types of things. But beyond that, uh, how I came to this awareness was that I actually had a spermicidal lubricant condom that kind of like it didn't break, but it basically like set off a, uh, a chronic disorder in my system. And so I basically got set off with interstitial bladder cystitis. Um, the reason why that's important is because you, you run, you know, you talk about detox all the time. That's what led me to detox because it basically tanked my system. Um, and the way that that happened was that because of the interstitial bladder cystitis set off my bladder, I had pins and needles through my urethra and through my actual, um, my, my, my cock. And I literally couldn't touch myself. I was peeing like 20 times a day. Um, I couldn't get an erection. If I ejaculated, it was like extremely painful. So I decided to do no pornography and no masturbation before it was trending before there was no fat before it was like you know a TikTok reel or whatever right this was all like 10 years ago and so i took that 30 days and didn't didn't masturbate because i couldn't now here's what i realized in that moment i realized that i had normalized now this is obviously my own way of describing it but i had normalized living my life at a quarter tank and then every time i ejaculated i would go down basically to empty and then I would go back to a quarter tank because I was basically ejaculating literally every single day or multiple times daily. And so what happened was, is my battery actually finally got full. And I was like, holy shit. And as an entrepreneur, I was living in the jungle in Laos at the time. I had a coffee roaster, a cafe. We were exporting coffee around the world. We were building water wells. We were building schools. I was doing coffee tours. In that 30 days of not masturbating for the first time in my life, I was so much more productive than any time in my ever, ever in the history of my life. My focus, my drive, my flow, my tenacity, my willpower, um, getting up early, the amount of money that we were able to bring in during that time was so, so extraordinary, so such a leap that all of a sudden I went, there's something about this. There's something about this that I don't understand. And that really put, put me on that healing journey of really stepping into this. And now it's been, uh, um, now it's been what, like seven years since I watched porn. And that's become kind of this thing that I do with men is just take them on this journey of outgrowing pornography, not because of any morality issues or any like right or wrong or good or bad, but because literally it's the most intense and most amazing biohack you can fucking do because it prevents burnout. And too, now you have all these, all the vitamins and minerals and things start to come back. And then we can actually transmute that raw sexual energy into these entrepreneurial building blocks, focus, drive, and flow. And when you learn to work with the root of the body, the perineum, and you transmute that energy up the spine and into the brain, it opens up gamma waves in the brain. Gamma, of course, synchronizes your nervous system and it opens up creativity and flow and all kinds of things. So it's not just the retention, it's also 
working with the root of the body and learning how to do sex transmutation, which is like Napoleon Hill's book, right? The mystery of sex transmutation. Everybody's read that. It's the number one best-selling money mindset book in the world. Why? That chapter, that chapter was before its time, right? They, he wrote that in like 19, whatever, 30. And so I actually teach this, the, 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 the somatic practices and the science of why sex transmutation works so that if you are an entrepreneur, you can actually put that raw sexual energy to good use. So mm. I'll pause there. That was a lot. <laughs> no, that's excellent. That's excellent. You can see my face. I'm just like pins and needles over here, you know, um, hanging yeah. on every word. So even though we retain the semen, where do we retain it? Inside the... Well, just your prost you have your basic, your actual semen in your testicles. And then your prostate is actually what creates the um, uh, your prostate fluid. And that's, that's yeah. a, any, I mean, the, the science is still out on it or like the jury's still out, I guess you could say. It's anywhere from 3% to 30% uh, is your semen. And then the rest is your, prost, your, prost, gotcha. your prostate gotcha. fluid. So like when a, when a man gets a vasectomy, he still has fluid that comes out, but it's just the prostate fluid. It's not the actual semen. Right, right, right. Okay, so even, so when we retain that, even mm -hmm. though it's sort of sequestered either in the testes or in the prostate, we still have access. I mean, we still, those minerals are still flowing through the body somehow. Like if it's not in our blood and if it's sequestered in those two spots, how do those, yeah. you know, steaks, eggs, uh, oranges, lemons, that the, those, those mineral densities, how do we, how do we still, are they still bioavailable even though they're sequestered there? Yeah. I mean, that's a little bit above my pay grade to be yeah. honest. <laughs> Because right, you're you're a doctor, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. But what I'll say is, it's just like any cell in our body; like it dies and it gets reabsorbed back into the system. Sure, sure. Okay. Right. So you know, but as far as moving that energy, doing breath, doing testicle breathing, doing these perineum squeezes, there's a felt somatic sense of being able to actually transmute that energy and move it through the system. And I'm not talking woo-woo imaginal shit. I mean, like you can actually feel that. And what I teach is the nervous system aspect to it, right? Because on the inside of the perineum is the pudental nerve and the pudental nerve connects into the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve runs from the bottom of the spine all the way up into the brain that connects to all your organs. And so when we're doing those perineum squeezes, we're actually teaching our body how to access um, parasympathetic state, right? How to actually create better vagal tone so that we can be grounded and still productive while we tackle whatever and then that op opens up the flow states so that we can actually be more productive i had no idea i didn't know that that the the the, the perineum connected to the vagus nerve yeah that's i mean root, root chakra absolutely root chakra that's the most important piece to that right so you know from the west or excuse me from the east they'll say things like oh there's a little hole in the bottom of your spine that the semen goes through and then it goes all the way up your spinal cord and into your brain and it hits your pineal and that's what caught maybe right? Like, could you ever prove that? No. So my whole thing is, is the actual nervous system stuff is like, you look at, um, what's his name? Um, it'll come to me. Uh, who's the guy that perineum to pineal. <laughs> oh, Joe Dispenza, right? It's like, how did Joe Dispenza get so fucking famous? How did he do that? Perineum to pineal getting people to squeeze the root of their body, which opens up the brain waves. And then they have these mystical experiences. And even some people have been reported that they like can see again and they are blind or whatever, right? Why is that happening? How is that possible? Well, one might say it's, 
you know, the mystical thing that's moving up the spine. But I would say throw all that out and just understand that the perineum is the prudential nerve, which connects to the vagus, which then allows your nervous system to rewire itself. And then what I did was I took it even to the next level. I put on a neurofeedback cap on my head, put the screen up, and I started doing just, you know, microcosmic orbit without the squeezes, but then also with the squeezes, and then also the squeeze holds. And what I was able to show scientifically is, is that absolutely yes, that doing these squeezes can definitely impact and does impact your gamma and your in your brain. And when you when you can actually have gamma on tap, then you can actually uh, evoke these altered states or these spiritual experiences, or you can make them entrepreneurial where you actually start to put that energy into whatever it is that you want to build in your business, mm. right? So I teach men those, those sex transmutation practices and those perineum practices, which is really fun because men are like, oh my God, I didn't know I could actually feel that. And one of the biggest um, hacks, do I have it here? No, it's over there, is a uh, massage gun. Do you own a massage gun? I don't. Dude, get one. It's the first thing. Make sure like sharper image. And then makes what, it... hammer my chode with it? Is that the plan? Yes. Well, first of all, if you're doing sex transmutation, the first thing that people need to understand is, is if you're not going to ejaculate and you're used to doing that, the energy gets going out your cock. Now your body's like, oh my God, it's just stuck in the root. And so then you're like, freaking out, right? So when you get a, uh, a massage gun, you start with your whole feet. But what you're doing is, is you're building your window of tolerance to hold sexual energy in your system. Uh. So if you're masturbating and you're not ejaculating, or if you are using the, the, the massage gun on the perineum, you're basically uh, allowing all that energy to move through your system so that your whole body can hold that raw sexual energy so that you can have that magnetism to be able to put it to good use. Oh my right? God. We got to move it. So what I do is I'll literally, I'll do the tailbone. I'll go up my spine over the top of my head, over the third eye, over the crown, down the face. And then I'll bring all of that energy back down into the lower dantian between the belly button and the, and the pubic hair. Because the, the, the raw sexual energy has to go through your body and down into the lower dantian so that you can put it to good use. Because if it's just trapped in your nuts, then, you know, it's not useful. <laughs> mm. Oh, my God. Yeah. So. I, I, you know, I got... Um... I have a Phoenix um, uh, device which uses shockwave therapy, and it's actually for erectile dysfunction. Essentially, yeah. what it is is it's a little jackhammer that you yeah. use on your penis because it breaks up scar tissue. You know, it gets new blood flow. I I, I don't have ED and never have. You know, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. I just I'm, so I've I've only used it a couple of times for a couple of different injuries, but it's it's like a point, it's like a metal point, which is, mm -hmm. so it's not one of those like, you know, cushy rubber balls that you would do. Yeah. Should I start hammering myself in the chode with that this month? Oh man. I would, I would. I have a, I have a machine, it's basically a TENS unit. And um, I do a lot of, so this is more diverging into the psychedelic space, but I do a lot of psychedelic facilitation and massage and body work. Um, I call it Soma Psychedelic, but basically it's a TENS unit where I put my foot on it and the electricity travels through my body and into my hands. And so as I touch the client on the table and they're on a psychedelic, having a psychedelic experience, I'm basically bringing electricity through their system and helping to integrate and, you know, get the spine moved. And it's a lot of deep grief work and a lot of like embodiment practices. But I bring that up um, because... You can also take that thing and put it right on the perineum. There's also anal probes that you can literally put inside your butt and you can actually start to move electricity through your system and you can basically reactivate and re-enliven that part of the body, the root chakra, and you can start to feel it 
And then you don't just think about it. It actually is a felt sense and it becomes basically perineum consciousness. Like when you're talking, I'm squeezing the root of my body and I'm listening through the back channel and all the way down into my root so that I'm present with you. And then when I'm talking, I'll release it and then I start to talk, right? So it's that way of being where I'm actually working with my nervous system daily and regularly, depending upon if I'm listening or if I'm actually trying to create something. And then when, when I'm writing, because I do a lot of writing, I'll literally, I'll be writing and then all of a sudden my attention wants to go to check Facebook or whatever it wants to do. I'll just squeeze, 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 release, ah, come back to presence and boom, I go right back in. Mm -hmm. So I literally use my own perineum and my nervous system to stay in a flow state and to not get distracted and pull me out towards things that are shiny. So yeah. as, so, you know, admittedly, <laughs> Uh, as you're talking, I'm doing the, I'm trying, I'm experimenting with the same thing. And, 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 and I'm, and everybody who's listening right now, fellas, whether you're driving or whatever you're, the hell you're doing, I, you know, I invite you to, to experiment with the same thing because we have to understand this stuff. We can't just know it theoretically. We have to toy around. We have to experiment. It's the whole point of, you know, this podcast is to, is to, you know, hack your biology, try things. So mm -hmm. I'm, as you're talking and we're going through some of this stuff, I'm doing, uh, I'm, I'm aware of two different distinct sensations. One mm -hmm. is the urethra, like stopping yeah. pee. So one of the things that I tell a lot of my my male coaching clients that have to that wake up to pee at night, I, I instruct them to hold their pee stream for five seconds every time they pee, because it will help them basically have better better power over, you know, having the urge for nocturnal. Um, urination. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that sensation, but also as you're talking and we're going through this stuff, I am, I think I am, I am tightening up the, I, I've said chode now a couple of times just cause I'm, yeah. a, you know, third grader, you know, but <laughs> I'm, I'm tight. I'm, so there's two different spots. I'm doing it in my pee hole and I'm also doing it in on my perineum, my chode. Is that correct? Are there two different yeah. or are there more? There's three. There's, well, there's actually more than three. So I took Montauk Chia's sex transmutation program. He helped me to understand um, some things that I didn't know. So you have underneath your balls, which is more the, the urethra. That's one. Then you have the perineum, which is the actual fleshy spot between your balls and your butthole. And then you actually have your anus as well. But your anus is actually... Uh, more than just the whole anus. You can actually do the left, the right, the front, and the back of the anus. And so there's actually four points in the anus, one in the perineum and one more underneath the ball. So there's actually six total points. And I've gotten to a place now where I can actually draw the energy up the front channel of my body, the left, the right, the back channel up the spine, or just up the center column. And I can actually send energy from my root chakra to organs. For example, when I did my liver detox protocol, I was literally on my side and I could send the energy to my liver and I could feel the liver stones literally moving into the gallbladder and moving into the gallbladder and out. And so you can get really aware of being able to send energy to any organ in your system in order to like actually bring like that chi into that, into that location of your body. And it's phenomenal. It works unbelievable. And this is something that I'll show you because you love toys. This thing right here, it's called the private gym. This literally thing that I put this on the end of my penis right? And these are weights. And so basically you just do like cock push-ups or, you know, whatever, right? And so by doing this, you actually strengthen that muscle so that you can bring yourself to full erection. 
right? And so I don't need pornography. I don't even need to use my hands. I can literally just move energy into that part of my body and I can bring myself into full erection just through the muscle. And that's the trippiest thing is, is that we go to the gym and we work out our whole bodies. And yet the one that actually allows us to be superhuman, you know, I think this is literally the most important biohack. You know, we can have wearables and the supplements we take, but that's the biohack that actually allows us to have nervous system control and regulation. Mm. So my point is, is why we don't work out the perineum is like beyond me, but I think it's just a taboo topic, right? Like the pudental nerve, that those nerves that run on the inside, the, the actual translation is the, the shame nerve. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's, there's just so much shit for thousands of years and anything in that region, we're just supposed to ignore it. But here's another thing that's really important. We have a lot of prostate cancer, which is why people say, hey, you should masturbate once a day. But when you look at Asian cultures that squat, they don't get it as much because they squat to poop, but we don't. And so therefore, we the doctors tell us to ejaculate all the time, which is the way to work out the prostate. And my whole thing is, is no, 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 no. Semen retention, use a prostate massager or use your finger and understand that it's not, it's th this is actually a self-care process. And if you start to work with the prostate, you're not going to have those issues. Wowzer. That was going to be one of my questions. I, I heard yeah. through, uh, it was Dax Shepard mm -hmm. mentioned it a week ago and referenced Peter Atia and yeah. Peter Atia said, you gotta be ejaculating like 20 times a month, like for, especially yeah. for older guys, because you gotta, you gotta exercise that prostate. If you don't use it, you know, it atrophies, it goes, goes down. And what you're saying is there's other ways. There's other ways. Um, Montauk Chia did a really long post on it one time and he talked all about it, just the importance of either using your own finger to stimulate, you can have somebody else do it, right? You, it's called milking the prostate. If you actually do it, you can actually have a little bit of like white substance that comes out, especially if you're semi-erect, but using a prostate massager, um, I use the Lilo uh, Wave or the Loki Wave from Lilo is the brand because it has both the 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 main piece that goes in your in your in your anus but it also has the perineum piece that comes out so it's got both so you can have it inside and it will work the perineum at the same time so you're basically getting this action with it vibrating so that it actually is working the the prostate really well from both sides so that you can actually ensure that you stay healthy and so you don't have cancer so with the deep you're blowing my mind. I knew you yeah. would. Uh, so when you talk about Asian cultures that squat, you know, ass to grass, f you know, soles of the feet flat on the ground, and that's come up recently yeah. too. And when you, you know, it just says what it is. I'll just describe it. You know, anytime that you go to like, well, for me, I remember in Seattle, I, I lived up uh, up the street from like a, a nail salon massage parlor, and there was mm -hmm. you know a bunch of bunch of Asian people. I'm not sure what country they're from. And they were, you know, they'd hang outside, they'd eat outside, they'd smoke cigarettes and all of them would just squat on the sidewalk mm -hmm. and they would just hang out like that. So when you picture that, that sort of posture that most other, certainly indigenous cultures, you can kind of picture it in Africa. What, what, how does that, how does that specific posture actually exercise or stimulate the perineum? slash chode slash prostate yeah well i lived in laos for four years so i got really good at squatting to shit 
but when I got there, I literally couldn't do it. I have to take off my pants and my underwear because I would shit all over myself because I couldn't actually do it, right? That's how inflexible I was. But as I got better at it, I started to realize that like it actually clears the colon so much more. Um, and when you're in that position, you're pushing, you're actually pushing out the perineum, right? So when I teach men's sex transmutation practices, it's not just contracting because that just, that you want it to be able to contract and expand, right? So you squeeze it and then you push it out like you're pushing out a poop. So because when you're just sitting like on a toilet and you're pushing, you're not actually, you're, you're, you're back, you're kind of leaning back, but when you're squatting, you're leaning forward. And so you're actually activating a part of the muscle that I don't know the science on it, but you can feel it. It's a different experience of pooping that way. It's, mm -hmm. it's actually more enjoyable too. Like you're like, oh my God, I actually f like fully cleared myself as opposed to not. Right. So that's also a, a piece to that. And that's why the squatty potties and, you know, Josh Mason, he talks about putting your arms over the top of your head when you're pooping too. Right. So it's, there's different aspects to pooping correctly so that you actually, you know, can avoid it. Oh my God. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> you're fun at parties. I bet Tyson. <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's wild. <laughs> what do you do for work, dude? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh oh wow. man oh okay well let's talk then let's talk then about because where my mind goes is okay so you're doing you know no nut november is increasingly popular on social media um no fap and maybe it's just targeted at me because in part you know that's what's in my algorithm yeah but two questions one is so you've done semen retention for the whole month of November. Great. So then how does, how, what's the, how does that end? Number one, and what are the yeah. effects of that ending? And number two, tell us about the program that you're doing and what sort of things you're doing during this month of November to, mm -hmm. uh, to support and facilitate like actual positive change for, for fellows. Yeah. So this is the second year that I've run it this year, 65 men signed up. It's a hundred bucks. Um, it's going to last the whole month. Um, we have five calls. Uh, yesterday we had our first call. Um, and, uh, we went into what is semen retention to define it because most men don't actually know what it means. Most people think it's no fap, which means to never masturbate really at all. Or again, because no fap fap is the sound of masturbation. So even in the name, it's got its own bias, right? So for me, um, I call mine retain your life force. And the reason why I call it that is because it's not about never masturbating again. It's just about elongating the space between when you masturbate. And then when you choose to masturbate, you do it mindfully and intentionally, meaning it's not reactive when you're stressed out or you're bored or you're angry or you're not wanting to feel whatever you're feeling. Something wrong with doing that, using masturbation to feel better, but there are consequences to that. We just talked about them physiologically speaking this is what happens right so what i basically had the men do last night is i basically had them close their eyes we did three perineum squeezes and i basically said what is your number what is the amount of time that you want to go because for some men even one day of not masturbating is a fucking win right for others they want to go the whole month so it depends upon who the individual is but if you've if you if it's difficult for you to even go two days Great. So we're going to just start with two and then let's say you masturbate and now we're going to, you know, go four. All right. And now we're going to do eight. Right. So it's different for, it's different for different men. 
But the point is, is can we actually get there? And then let's say you set it for 13 days. Okay, that's how many days I want to do it. Well, when you get to that moment, you have the choice. Do I want to do it or do I not? And if I want to extend, I can extend. So that's the reason that this works because we're not like creating a man, setting a man up to fail. Like I want each man to set himself up to succeed. And then what we do is, is let's say it's, let's say you choose 18 days. All right, 18 days, go to your calendar, schedule in mindful masturbation into your calendar, into the actual date and time that you want to do it. And then when we get to that, because that'll be in week three, I talk about what is it, what does it look like for mindful masturbation? And so the, what I basically say to men is, if Pornhub is the McDonald's drive-through where you're, you know, sitting there and you're ordering your burger, okay, here's the menu. And then you order it. Okay. I found the right video. Now you're waiting in line. All right, here it is. And then the, you know, the window opens. All right, this is the one, here I go. And then they hand you the food and you pull over and you eat that burger, which is my way of saying you just jerk off into a napkin and you just close it up. And that's, that's like mindless masturbation, meaning it's just reactive. Nothing wrong with that, but what we're talking about is what would it be like to go to the grocery store and get organic ingredients and get the cookbook out and actually come home and and really do a, an incredible job of cooking that and having a mindful meal where you actually sit down and you're grateful, you say your prayers or whatever your you know way of being is. And then in that moment, be present with that experience where you're not aiming to rush through the meal, but you're actually enjoying it, right? So what I say to men is this, simple prompt it's masturbation as a death practice and so what i say is is if it were the last time you were gonna if this was the last time you were gonna masturbate and you knew you were gonna die tomorrow and you wanted to do it mindfully Mm. how would you do it differently than the way that you're currently doing it so when they get that prompt it's like okay holy shit huh set setting sound breath massage cold plunge like music what are we going to do to make this our own self-initiatory ceremonial experience so that when we actually do have that pleasurable experience we don't need to go back to the wishing well the next day and the next day and the next day but we allow ourselves to sit with it and then we enter that meditation and those meditations is where i built my life it's where i built my business after i'm done with my pleasure 45 minutes i sit I let all that information sink in, boom, 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 boom. I literally grab the pen and I build my life and my business from that portal. And I took it crazy, Sean. I started to do this. I did three years of celibacy. And so during that three years of celibacy, this is like where I built my practice. That day, it it just happened to be on the moon cycle. My body started to get in touch with wanting to release on the full moon. So when it's the full moon, I don't do a goddamn thing. I wake up, I pray, I do my meditations, go to the ocean, float tanks, uh, massage, acupuncture, eat a great meal. And then I'm in that process working with my sexual energy for two plus hours. Sometimes I'll go underneath the moon and I'll be outside. And either way, like that's where I build my life. And so that's what I help men to, to move in the direction of. And so that's the journey from mindless to mindful masturbation when you come out of your semen retention process. Mm. So now, wow. Wow. So when you insert the variable of a sexual partner and you Mm -hmm. start to consider your sexual partner, their needs, their wants, their style, their Mm -hmm. rhythm, um, it complicates everything, right? Because what you're talking about is you know, a very, 
singular experience, you know, it's, you know, every moon cycle full, you know, a full sidereal, uh, a full sidereal cycle to the, you know, in conjunction with the moon. Yeah. And I mean, we all have this picture in our, in our, in our brain now of Tyson in his backyard, buck naked under the moon <laughs> with, his, with his feet up in the air, you know, like getting into it. Right. So, so what about, so what about with, with a sexual partner and what are the, everybody's different and their tastes and flavors and frequencies and, you know, are, are all different. So how does that look then when you add that variable in of, of a lover? Mm-hmm. So I'm coming from a more heteronormative um, place, but I coach men that are also gay or, or bi or whatever. And so what I would say is this, it's, it's about a conversation. Most uh, women really enjoy their man ejaculating like that's a, a pleasurable experience they, they they take pride in it it's also beautiful it's connective and what i'll say is this um the more the longer that you can actually go in your sexual journey meaning let's say you make love for an hour or two hours before you release the less refractory period i have found that you actually have meaning you still feel quite energized when you get done with the experience the minerals, yes, but there's something about the energy in the body that starts to get ramped up. And so what I would say is, is um, the if you do not, like if you, if you learn these practices and you do them well and you achieve ejaculatory choice and control, which is my way of saying that if premature ejaculation is ejaculating before you want to, then ejaculatory choice is only ejaculating when you choose to. And so what I'm getting at is, is that if you have achieved that, through nervous system regulation and breath and all of those different things, then you can unlock being multi-orgasmic, which is you can have energetic orgasms, which feel amazing and you don't necessarily need to ejaculate that out. So if you can achieve that through doing these practices, then um, you actually will have more sex with your partner because then you don't actually release because there is obviously a refractory period for every man, just depends upon how long. For men that are in their 20s, it's about a week. For men in their 30s to 40s, a couple of weeks. Men in their 50s plus, sometimes three weeks to a month. That's what I learned from Montauk Chia in terms of how long it takes to build back your chi. And the Taoist, you know, sort of people, like the Taoist cultures that I've learned from, they will say something like, you know, one drop of semen is equal to 30 drops of blood. That's like the way that they think about it, right? In terms of energy. Hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of, so a lot of blood being released if you were to convert it into the amount that's in one tablespoon of semen. So what I would say is, is that you have to be able to be on the same page with your partner. Hey, I want to try something. Are you open to us having sex where I'm not going to ejaculate and we're not going to strive for orgasm? And sometimes if you're with a woman, she might be able to have multiple orgasms and you just withhold. But sometimes that's difficult for a man. And so then if he, if she's gonna have an orgasm, then he's gonna have one and he can't quite hold it. So sometimes we just have to move into what's called caretza. And caretza is making love where both parties take the orgasm off the table. And the point of it is not to orgasm, but it's just to make love for connection, for the sake of connection. Get out of that performance, get into a more sensual place, get into a more tantric place and just circulate that energy and be able to heal each other and also whole and deepen that intimacy and then pull out and then go on with your lives. And if you do that, then the sex never stops because you're still horny when you're done. Mm-hmm. And so then you end up having sex again regularly and, and, and more often. Mm. So that's the reason to try it. Very interesting. Yeah. Tell me more about Montauk Chia. 
Yeah. So Montauk Chia is kind of like the, um, probably the most renowned, like Taoist sex master. Um, most people that are doing sexual Kung Fu, there's several people that are out there have trained with him. They go over to Thailand to Chiang Mai and they actually, you know, train with him. I did, I just did his online sex transmutation course. I found him to be, um, a little bit like OG, but also a little bit like this is the way you do it and there's no other way. <laughs> and I don't like that because I becoming trauma informed, I started to realize that everybody's nervous system is different. And so doing it 30 times and then doing it this way 60 times and like it's too rigid for me. Um, but he is kind of the he's the main guy. He's the guy that's kind of brought the those Taoist practices to the West. He's wrote he wrote the multi-orgasmic man. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm familiar with that book. Yeah. But this is the one that's all about uh you, you know the microcosmic orbit, the big draw, moving energy from the root all the way up and back down. Maybe explain yeah. the microcosmic or orbit. Yeah, so the microcosmic orbit is a felt sense of the subtle body energetics. You can look at it from the chakra centers, root chakra, sacral, so on and so forth. But basically what we're doing is not through imagination, although some people might see colors as they do this, but through uh, intentional breathing and intentional working with the root of the body, we're actually learning to pull that energy up the spine and all the way up to the top of the head, either to the crown or into the pineal gland. You can also swirl the energy around in the brain both ways and then actually dropping that energy down into the lower dantian, which is between the belly button and the pubic hair. Um, a lot of Taoist practitioners, they think about really like creating a, like imagining a pearl there where all of that raw sexual energy kind of accumulates either into a bowl or into a pearl. And so as that energy moves through the system, now we actually, from a martial arts perspective, we actually are balanced so that we can put that energy into fighting or into movement. So these are like you know, 4,000 year old practices basically that are finally making their way to the mainstream. So yeah, it's crazy shit. Wow. When you were celibate for three years, were, were you not ejaculating at all? Once a month. Once a month. Got it. Got yeah. it. You were, you were following and I did eight months laid out. I did eight months. I did eight months of uh, not ejaculating and, and actually it, it was, uh, I find that I am more creative, more entrepreneurial power flow, all of the things when I do my mindful releases. No uh, dreams? Nope, not at all. Interesting. You went, does it, is that common? Eight months without a single ejaculation whatsoever? Um, there are people that uh, go years. I don't recommend it. Um, often it creates fear because they, 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 they're afraid that when they go back to it, that they're going to go back into the binging of the porn or whatever. Right. And so a lot of times it creates this fear. Um, for me, what I realized was like, I hadn't built my mindful practice before I did all that. Right. So I did eight months before I built that mindful way of being. And so then when I did ejaculate, I just kept going back to the wishing well, like three, four, five times. I was like, Oh my God, I just, and then I was so depleted that I like literally was like back into that hollow place that I remember being a teenager, you know, when I did it too often. Mm -hmm. So my whole sense is, you know, 90 days is full, full spermatogenesis. So if you're going to do semen retention, either do it a month, two months, or three months. And then if you're going to do a full three months, that's a perfect time to release. That's an incredible, beautiful, amazing release. It's, it's, it's powerful when you wait that long. Damn. 
Yeah. I, you know, I'm thinking about all of the guys that I coach who are executives and founders and, you know, super high level dudes. And, you know, sometimes they're, sometimes they're, sexuality comes into the conversation. I wouldn't say that it's that common, but mm -hmm. you know, uh, I can't help but think about wonder about what their tendencies are, what their frequency is, how much sex they're having with their partners. Often, oftentimes it's their, you know, it's their wives. Um, and I can't help but think that this could be a massively powerful tool to add to their, um, mm -hmm. to their personal practice, to be able to, again, like you said, focus, build up and build up and, you know, that sort of sexual transmutation. Um, I do know specifically that there are a couple of guys who, who are kind of sexually, uh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, uh, marginalize or, or, or talk it down, but they're, they, they're, they're very sexually active with lots of different partners and it's compulsive, you know, it's mm -hmm. not, it's not intentional. It's not, um, uh, and they don't like it, but they just feel like they need it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I gotta imagine that I'm, uh, you, you talk to these guys all the time, like all the time. Yeah. Maybe elaborate a little bit on, you know, some experiences that you've had with some of, some of the guys that follow this archetype or who are, you know, chronic masturbators who are doing it, you know, once or three times a day and yeah. what happens when they can actually get awareness and control over this? Like what, what happens in their life? I have to imagine, I'm, mm -hmm. doing, I'm doing it again, we're ask a question and then ask another question. <laughs> it's all good. I have to imagine that some of these guys kind of f fall apart. Like, like that this is such a drastic change for their lifestyle and what they're used to, maybe since they were little like boys, since they were, yeah. you know, 14, 15 year old, maybe younger boys that this is just how they live. And, and I have to imagine that it can be extremely disruptive in their life. Yeah. So the thing that I, where I feel uh, drawn to take this conversation is, is to unshame it. And the reason why I say to unshame it is because example, there's 48 guys in the call last night and I threw in a, I threw in a question. I said, go to the chat. Cause I put in this quote, which is a Carl Jung quote, which is basically that um, the greatest burden that we carry is the unlived life of our parents. That's the greatest burden we carry as men. And so I asked the men, I said, hey guys, who here had any guidance, masculine sexual guidance, moving from boyhood to manhood? Go ahead and put yes or no in the chat. One guy said yes, two guys said a little bit, everybody else said no, okay? So what I say to men is, is it's not your fault that you're doing it the way that you're doing it, regardless of whether or not there's shame there or not. We literally are a culture without eldership that it is actually initiating our boys into these type of practices to become a steward of our own sexual energy. And like myself, I was raised on Kaza. Like I was raised on porn from when I was like 12 years old. And all of that was informing the way that I was, right? So the journey that I take men on when it comes to leaking their sexual energy or pornography addiction is to go back to when it began, right? When we're 10, 11, 12, whatever age we found it, and then to really unpack, well, what the fuck was going on in your life during that time? Did your parents get divorced? Did you get bullied? Did you have a lot of school pressure? Were you a pimply kid that couldn't attract? Did she dump you? You know, did your dog die? Did you move homes? And then when you have all those stressors there, what we realize is, oh my God, 
the ejaculation makes me feel better. I don't have to feel the neglect or the abuse or the, the grief or whatever it was. And so what happens is now we're all grown up, but we don't have the same body as we did back then that was rejuvenating that energy very quickly. Now we're all like old and we're still behaving in the same way that we did back then. And so when we get triggered, we have these reactive habits where we just find ourselves with our hand in our cock and there's the porn hub and we just do it mindlessly. Mm. Again, not immoral, not bad, not wrong, but physiologically it costs you. And so if you want to go far with your, with your business and with your family, then it's, it's an incredible biohack. It's just, mm. we don't talk about it that way because most people are talking about it from the angle of, you know, Christianity or whatever, you know, from a spiritual perspective. And then that causes all of our protectors to come online. And I'm going, no, 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 no. Just do it to do it and see what happens. And so what I will say to answer your question, like, like really fully is to say, <sighs> grieve the fact that you didn't have any initiation from boyhood to manhood. Sit with that. Apologize to your penis for using and abusing it. In that process of apologizing, you will begin a new relationship with it. And in that new relationship, a whole other identity and a whole other reality is available to you. And where you're, where you're headed is either to attract a partner, if you want one, to let go of the one that's not working, because that's sometimes the case, or if you found the right partner, to deepen into the most incredible fucking lovemaking you've ever had, where you're aroused by the love itself and where you're not thinking your way to orgasm, you're feeling your way. And when you feel your way to orgasm, you become magnetic everywhere you fucking go. People go, who the fuck is that guy? And what does that guy know that I don't know? Mm. That's the reason why people show up and they say, hey, will you teach me what you know? Because I did the hard work of sitting there for three years and not leaking my energy and I learned how to cultivate it. Is that really the case? Is that really the case that, that you yourself and the men that you work with become more attractive, more magnetic, more, more riz, more strength, more power. I mean, like walk, yeah. walk me through some of that. Okay. So for me, this is very vulnerable, but I'll share it. When I was doing my mindful masturbation practices, I was doing it right in front of the mirror on psychedelics. <laughs> so I'm cultivating my own chi in this mirror experience, right? Now, here's the thing. You take your clothes off once a month. Do you like what you see? Well, we all have body issues. It's not just a woman thing. It's a guy thing too. So can you be with the parts of you that shame yourself, criticize yourself? Do you actually love yourself? Can you look yourself in the fucking eyes in the mirror and say, I love you? And do you actually love yourself? Is there actual care that you have for yourself? And so as I would do these practices, I would just notice like I would start to work out. And then I would start to do rings and now all of a sudden I'm doing my slack line and now all of a sudden I'm surfing and I'm climbing and all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit, I like what I see in the mirror. Of course, that gives me confidence. Your self-esteem is directly related to your, your, the strength of your cock. So once your cock is fucking hard and you actually like what you see in the mirror, then you go out into the world, it's very easy to attract hmm. men and or women, whether, whether that's your business or whether that's a woman. So I'm not talking like from a goic perspective. I'm saying that, yes, by doing these practices, you will become more magnetic to the world. That's been my experience. Definitely going to clip that and put that in the beginning of the podcast when I do the little like preview before we jump into the <laughs> That was so great. That was so powerful. Yeah. 
What do what do the haters say? The haters? Yeah. Don't you take away my porn. Or or isn't that a little feminine to masturbate that way? Isn't that a little like like a little airy fairy? And to that I would say, yeah. It absolutely is. Here's why. Because if you're outsourcing your feminine energy to the women, then you're making it their responsibility to make you feel better. Where else in your life are you making it the feminine's responsibility to make you fucking feel better? Mm. It helps you to grow the fuck up when you cannot have your masculine and your feminine energies at war. But when I say this to men, they're like, whoa, whoa, that's really, that's woo woo to sit there and actually have your own pleasure practice. And I would say, you know why men have a difficult time with it? Because we've been indoctrinated into secrecy, silence, and shame with our sexuality. And so we're deeply afraid to connect to ourselves in a central way, in an intimate way. Hmm. We're deeply fucking afraid to make love to ourselves hmm. because we don't, we don't feel that we deserve it. And we do. We fucking do. And if we actually step there, we will become the, the best lover that she's ever had. And she will never fucking leave you. Hmm. What about people from the outside looking in? Not, not, just, not just the guys who are skeptical, but other people who, um, who are not involved or not enrolled or not even considering signing up or engaging in these practices. What do those haters say? It's like anything, you know, I would say close to 60% of men don't realize that they have a problem. And then you have that 30 to 8%, 37% that are like, oh, maybe I do have a problem with that. And then you have the 3% that are seeking a solution, right? So the people, most men, it's just like out, off their radar. They literally have no clue that they have a problem with masturbation. They just they have normalized it, right? So. To answer your question, the people that have no clue when I share this stuff, they're, they're just kind of shocked. They're like, what are you? It's like speaking a different language to them, right? So that's usually what happens. Um, but once I actually have their ear, they all of a sudden, they, wanna sh they, they, they just want to share everything with me. Like I have men say the craziest things to me, the genres of porn that they watch and what they're doing with their wives and all this because i don't I, I just literally i'm like it's all good like, yeah i was that i was that guy too <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah so i don't know if that answers your question fully but like that's yeah, kind of yeah, yeah it does it does yeah i mean we, we we've talked uh on this podcast you know adam referencing episodes from years ago um you know adult film star you know gay adult film star uh, slash author or this guy, Connor Habib, um, mm -hmm. you know, we were talking about sexuality and, and masturbation and we were talking about frequency and, you know, all the, all the pressures and stuff that go into it. And, um, I don't even know where I was going with that, where we were talking about, what do the haters say? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Yes, there are. The thing I like about this so much is this is it's practical. It's personal development. It's biohacking. It's free or cheap. You know, it's um, 
it's accessible mm-hmm. and it challenges yourself. You know, it, 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 it really does. I mean, uh, it really does push you out of your comfort zone. And then that's where you kind of learn about yourself a little bit. You learn what you like, what you don't like, you learn what you can tolerate, what you can't. Do you have the discipline and focus to be able to go? Th- can you make it a day? Can you make it three days? Can you make it the month of November? Mm-hmm. It's I, I just I love that so much. And and again, because it's come across every guy listening right now is like, man, do I have a problem? I think I might have a problem. And mm-hmm. maybe that problem is you prefer your phone to your wife. Mm-hmm. Maybe your problem is you prefer y- your your um, appetites and preferences on porn sites is getting increasingly bizarre or demeaning, right? Yes. Yes. And, and so when it's time to actually be with your spouse, Mm -hmm. lover, it's not as fulfilling because it's not, you know, whatever sort of unusual, again, not, I can say unusual sort of specific, taboo sort Mm -hmm. of you know stuff so i think that i think that there's there's just such a broad application for this stuff that well if you could ask if i mean this is this and we'll uh, we'll 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 keep going but if you could ask one thing if you could ask one guy or appeal to everybody listening right now because i'm going to turn this thing around today it's you know thursday november 2nd i'm probably going to turn this thing around and release it tomorrow because i want to get it out there for this month Mm -hmm. what what would be what would be your ask of men? Mm. My ask of men is to take ownership of their destructive entitlement um, around that sex makes them feel better. Hmm. Okay, so what I mean by that is, is We use sex to feel better. So what's the opposite of that? We use sex to better feel. That's the transition we're making. And so I'd say is, is again, not wrong, not bad, not sinful, not shameful to use it when you're bored or sad or sick or angry or, you know, or she rejects you or whatever. But in those moments, we're destructively entitled. We're like, don't you take away my porn? Don't you take away my masturbation in order to feel better? Mm. And so my invitation and my offer and my challenge is is men. (laughs) You can use your body to feel better all you want. Do it. But make sure you know that you're doing that. It's all about awareness. Mm. If it's in your shadow that you don't know you're doing that, you're, you're in denial then it is you're basically living some other guy's life and that's the fucking porn company that's using you as a means to an end you're living some other guy's life and so as you take ownership of your sexual destructive entitlements and your sexual your sexuality and you don't use it to feel better then we can step across into uh sexuality being something that is generative and beautiful and connective Mm -hmm. right like my whole aim is is not to be anti-porn like Fuck, roll your own porn if you like porn. Roll it. Keep it sacred between you and your partner. But here's the thing. Most of us are using the porn because it will, because it's, um, because it will never reject us, right? And so then now we're lonely. We go deeper into that loneliness and then we feel more isolated and then we don't even connect with other men because we feel shameful because we don't feel worthy of connection. 
So as we step out of that, because it's hard to look people in the eyes when we're in a porn addiction, then we come back into connection. And so what I really am here to say is, is outgrowing these destructive entitlements of sex making you feel better is ultimately about you connecting and having beautiful love where you actually have intimacy that enlivens your soul and puts you on a mission and a path where you actually get to the edge of your life and you look back across it and you don't fucking regret it. Mm. That's the way I look at these things. Powerful. Powerful. Yeah. Are you familiar with Will Blunderfield? Have you come across yeah. him? Yeah, Will. Um, and uh, he has another guy that he works with too. But yes, yes, yeah. What, what do you think of it? Just for context, I came across him in the sort of, um, you know, COVID anti narrative sort of space, you know, mm -hmm. questioning, you know, questioning the way that the world handled that. And then, and then started to follow him and see the kind of things he's doing, you know, doing you know, pelvic hetero, maybe pelvic bumping with his homies, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like what, what do you think? What do you think about his work? So, so Will's been very vocal and open about, you know, um, having some early, early childhood trauma stuff. And so my sense is that he's in the process of uh, moving through that and helping to destigmatize homoeroticism and all of those things. Um, hugging another man, being naked and touching cock to cock. Like I have, a, I actually have uh, worked with men that have done those things, worked with Will and uh, his other business partner. And so I, I've talked to them about the benefit of that. Like how did that, how did that land for you? Mm -hmm. And for the most part, I've, I've heard positive things. Um, but for me, it's not my jam. Like I'm not doing men's work where we're all getting naked and we're all like checking each other's cocks out, cocks out. It's just not for me. That's not like what I jive with, but I think that there is, um, there are benefits to learning to be comfortable in your own naked body around other men without like, without the shame and without all the like needing to hide. So I think there's some value in it. I just don't know if we need to take it all the way to like cock to cock hugs. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Again, right. No judgment on that, but yeah. 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 But he's a ninja. Like he's fucking really good at all the stuff that we're talking about. He's very, very successful at what he's done. And I think he's, I'd love to talk to him someday like have a conversation. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm hesitant to now try to like pack on detox protocols and stuff onto this. Um, <laughs> because, you know, like we, we've, we've gone, we've gone a fair ways down this rabbit hole. I, you know, I don't think we need to go climb out and go j jump down another one, but, but maybe for a little teaser, maybe for a part two, um, tell me a little bit about, about your experience again just really briefly around sort of the detox protocol is there a connection even between the the, the work that you do um yes. that we've been talking about and detox protocols yeah so doing um as i mentioned to you i'm doing the zen cleanse uh this weekend this is a, mu a mucloid is that the word um plaque so basically the biofilm in this in the stomach um, and then liver and gallbladder detox protocols. Those are the ones that I've really done a lot of. I'm also going to get into dry fasting once I get all this shit out of my system, just to kind of see what that's about. Um, but why those, why that's important is because when I actually cleared my colon and cleared the liver stones, 
I immediately woke up with fucking rock hard erections and was like, oh my God, there's definitely a connection between that particular body part, like liver and like whatever I was, you know, the taxing of my body that definitely improved um, and built my metabolism went up and my my morning erections went up. And I noticed that immediately. So if you're out there and you're like, oh, I'm on the fence with this stuff, it really, really is helpful for ED. And, um, you know, and then also like uh, I used to own a coconut oil business, right? So we could go deep into like seed oils versus coconut oil. But basically, you know, if you're eating a lot of fucking seed oils or whether other types of oils that fractionate, they get trapped in your arteries. And when shit gets trapped in your arteries, that blocks them. And then that also impacts your ability to have, you know, have erections. It's not just the perineum and the muscle. It's also can blood flow through your system, through your cock. So doing detox, absolutely super helpful for ED um, and super helpful for just, you know, longevity within, you know, sexual performance. Yeah. You turned me on to a liver detox a couple of years ago and I uh-huh. started it and I got into day three. I bought all the stuff. I started the protocol and then I, I bailed, I, I bailed on it. I, uh-huh. I, I, I started to do a bunch more research. This is before what, what I know now about parasites and uh-huh. I remember like getting into it and then getting some feedback from people, just not, not even haters online, but just people like, Hey, that's, that's, what you're passing is it those aren't parasites yeah. dummy that's you know corn from three months ago and the chili that you ate you know and mm-hmm. so so i i bailed on it and now i regret the fact that i did because now that i've done you know an episode with david avocado wolf and rob stewart and eczema and parasites and i've got melissa ramos episode coming out here soon um i, I it's time for me to dive back in because i I, everybody, if you have, what did Melissa say? She said, if you have a pulse, you have parasites. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I've eaten a lot of sushi. I have a dog. I lived in the woods, you know, they're, they're, they're Mm -hmm. in me. So I'm going to get back into it. But did you, 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 you sent me pictures of what you passed and it really kind of blew my mind because you had liver flukes. I don't remember seeing any worms or anything like that, but yeah. <laughs> so the, the, the green ones that are like shiny stones, those are supposedly the, the bile from your gallbladder. Um, and there's, you know, the jury's out whether or not that putting the olive oil and the Epsom salts are actually creating those things or not. But what is definitely fucking real is the liver stones. And the liver stones were from my liver in the sense that they were brown and they were literally like large fatty deposits. And when you cut them open, it smelled like heavy metals. And so I would highly recommend it because it was just a fantastic, I think it's called global healing uh, is the brand I believe. Um, and, uh, I'm going to, as soon as I do my mucoloid plaque, the one, I'm going to go and do that one again. It's been really beneficial. It's also the, uh, the, um, liver, or liver gallbladder miracle that book but uh they kind of like ted he's the one that turned us on to that and that one is pretty great you don't have to buy the kit you can actually do it yourself with uh with um malic acid so but yeah like those things are awesome and then the last thing i'll say is is you know i had mercury poisoning like i had you know amalgam fillings taken out i did a bunch of ayahuasca thought it would help didn't help did mushroom journeys didn't help but the mushrooms told me where it was at they were like this is where it's at in your brain and so what I did is I bought OSR, which is um, 
a ceramide, but basically it's a mercury chelator. And then I oil pulled with it. That was what actually was the, the, the saving grace was because I'd done so many years of oil pulling, I knew about it. I'd floss, I would oil pull with the powder in the coconut oil. Mm. Um, and then when I spit that shit out, I literally had mercury deposits that literally came out of my brain that pulled through my sinuses and into the cup and my facial what twitch. Look like? What did it look like? I'll send you a picture. It's like, uh, like it just looks like little tiny, I don't know, like little Man? specks, like like just little specks of like gray material, you know. Um, but I had flossed before and like cleaned my teeth because I wanted to make sure that I actually see what was in there. Um, but over the course of now doing the oil pulling for about four or five months, I've gotten to a place now where my my facial twitch has uh, gone down by about ninety percent, and my brain fog and the and those sort of uh, ADD type, I didn't realize it was the fucking mercury in the, in my brain. And so you can remove the fillings, but if you don't do the actual, um, you know, the mercury chelation, you're not really going to get better. So you, so you said the, the product was called OSR? OSR. Yeah. I got it from a company called Fandachem, uh, in China. Uh, they just sent it. Uh, I only paid like 150 bucks for like a small amount. If you buy it in the U.S. from the company Ameramide that created it, it's like mm -hmm. thousands of dollars. And Jeez. so they've they've re rep replicated it. They did a study. It's ninety nine percent pure and it works. And you know, and I then decided you powder to that do up it. with with coconut oil and then do the pulling just really regularly. Do it in the morning. Absolutely, yeah. So if you eat a lot of fish, you know, if you've had mercury fillings, this is a game changer. This, mm -hmm. there's I posted on Instagram at least 10 people reached out to me. Um, I had four, three or four calls, four maybe, with men. And uh, they also had the same results. Like they were like, hey, what do you do? And so I told them what to do and they did it. Check this out, You'll, this, this will be cool because we're ayahuasca guys. In my ayahuasca journey, I did a bunch of the oil pulling before I went into it. And then while I was in the middle of the actual journey, I was like, okay, let's do some hop A. And they blew it in, boom, boom. And then with that, I literally started scratching my head and tapping like with my hands and like my face. Mm -hmm. And then I was like blowing, blowing, blowing. And finally, like a ball of mercury, like I blew out the actual tobacco. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, here it comes. And I literally pulled something out of my brain through my sinuses and it was out. And it was like fucking, I, I turned, turned my headlamp on and like saw this thing. I was like, oh my God. Whoa. That was in my brain and it was just sitting there. And so it's really a powerful experience. And I was just like, okay, well. That's a thing. That, that's a thing. That that mercury ball was just hanging out of my brain. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still, yeah, I, I still have not, you know, a hundred plus ceremonies and still have not vomited. Not a once. Oh, wow. Okay. I, um, I weep, I yawn. And occasionally head out to the porta potty, uh -huh. um, and when I do hape in ceremony, uh, things open up, you know, I'll snot and stuff like that. But still, have not have not have not purged. But you know, finding and I, you know, I sauna and sweat fine, so it's not like I don't have detox pathways activated. I do, but um, yeah. yeah, I think it's there. I think that I'm. I think that I'm. I think that there are parts of me that are hanging on to stuff. Um, mm -hmm spiritually emotionally think logistically yeah. um there's there's parts of me that are just i'm just built to hang on to stuff you know it's i think it's in my nature and i think 
metaphysically it's ha- it's happened too. So I think it's time it's time for for some cleansing. It's it's definitely combo. cleansing season. You tried combo? I I am I am gonna go in December. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's a perfect place to do it. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, if you want to have a like a talk offline and, and chat about it, I'm happy to go there with you because I've I've uh, I've gone deep with combo and it's a very great medicine for yeah. for clearing the gut. Because when I did, oh here, check this out. You'll love this. Right before I did ayahuasca, I did combo, and on the very last purge, on the top of the floating bucket was mercury that literally came out of the bottom of my stomach, and it was just floating on the top. Oh my god, that must be yeah. So I oil pulled right before I. I literally I oil pulled when, right before I went in, and then I swallowed some of, of the OSR so that it was in my stomach because then it would basically chelate and bond with like whatever thousand pounds of power to that. And then when I finally did that last purge, I was like, "Oh my god, it was in my stomach!" Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> Tyson, you got some stories to tell, man. You got I some know. stories. <laughs> Well, we well, let's do it this way, man. Let's before I ask the final question, um, uh-huh. uh, which is a fill in the blank question. Uh, after you've done the next your your two detoxes that you're going to do, um, mm-hmm. the Zen cleanse and then the uh, the parasite. Let's 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 have you back on and we can talk a little bit more about detoxification okay. pathways. Thank you so much for being available today. By the way, I mean you hit me up and we you know we we've been DMing back and forth for a long time. And I'm like, yeah. dude, it's November second. It's no not November. Let's yeah. fucking go. Let's record this thing. So I'm gonna turn this around and record uh, and, and release it. Uh, yeah, and if and if men are out there and they're listening to this and they they listen to it and they're like, holy shit, it's November. I want to do this. Um, reach out to me on Instagram or whatever. I'll send you the link and then you'll enter the Signal Channel. There'll be the recordings. You can watch those recordings yeah. and you can join us. So tell, it's like tell, tell people where to go. Yeah. Um, I don't have an actual webpage done yet. So just either on Instagram, Tyson Adams, um, with two underscores or on Facebook, Tyson Adams, um, that'd be the best way to do it. Um, and then, yeah, if you're interested in this, your my ask would be that if you choose to come in, that you actually watch the first, you know, watch the other, the replays, if you enter late, but I'm happy to have you. And, um, the first call was fucking awesome. So like, it will be worth your time to watch the recording. I wouldn't say that because I don't really watch recordings, but I went deep. It was fucking awesome. We all did. It wasn't just me, but I like, I, did, I told my whole life journey in the, in the first part of the call to be able to say like, Hey, like in order to hire a coach, you have to look up to them, but also here's my bias. Cause here's my journey. Sure. So I told the whole story of how I went from my karma to Dharma, right? Like how did I bridge that? So that's why it's important if you're going to join to actually watch the the first call. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Uh, so here's the, here's the, the, the fill in the blank question that I've asked okay. hundreds and hundreds of times, which you've heard before, and you can yeah. elaborate as much or as little as you want. And this can be based on really anything, um, yeah. but fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing that shame is where the si- is where the silent witness is in your life or was in your life when you were a child mm. meditate on that dear listeners yeah and i can't take credit for that that's david bedrick an elder of mine that i work with but it's a very important thing to understand that 
shame enters the system where there was somebody that wasn't there for you or somebody that denied your reality or somebody that walked away from your reality or somebody that told you that that didn't happen to you. That's where shame enters the system. And for porn, nobody was there to tell you not to do that. So that's why we have a lot of shame because there was nobody there to actually say, hey, what are you doing in the room all the time? What's going on? Nobody actually checked in. So that's why there's shame there as a silent witness. Mm. Yeah. Tyson Adams, what a banger. What an instant classic of a podcast episode <laughs> this was, dude. <laughs> Thanks for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thank you, Sean.